Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh my gosh. Smart Lock 2K Cam and Doorbell 3-in-1 Triple Security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app, that it's going to work okay in that app, and oh my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. And you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door. They punch it in. The door unlocks. In they go. And, of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy Video Lock is the top of the heap, okay? You can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long, long time. No monthly fee on this, unlike other brands that do that. They just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee. I love the Eufy Video Lock. Get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome, hello, Tune Man Live as hell, man. Ted Real Live as hell, oh my God. Welcome to the Eric St. Show Podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures from right here in the Impact Power Sports Studio. Thank you for being here, uh, both live and if you're uh, enjoying the show, uh, on the audio podcast or the playback of uh, of the video. So welcome in. So glad you are here. Always a spectacular, spectacular day when we can start it out uh, by having a word or two with you. Thanks for hanging out. Let's get right to what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, that is Michigan murdering, jail-sexing the Washington Huskies in the national championship game. Uh, The thing about this game is Washington is an excellent football team. They come into the game undefeated. They beat everybody. They were great all year long. And in this game... They didn't have a chance. You could sense it right from the get-go that it was a fucking nightmare for them. Oh, my God. 
And uh, even though they were only down by like seven at the half, it could have been a whole lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. That game, uh, at no point did I get the impression that the uh, Wolverines felt in any way insecure about the way the game was going, even when they were only up by seven points. Absolutely intense. And uh, then they in the second half, they kind of started to lean on them. And then late in the game, they're just like, all right, it's time to rub your nose and shit. And just eat it, eat it, Washington. Welcome to the Big Ten. Which I still, it's unbelievable that Washington, all these teams have joined the Big Ten. What a, uh, what a game. What a game from Michigan. And, and, uh, and you know, not that, um, I think it's important to point out that um, there literally is nothing more that can be said uh, about them. I think that when you look at all the cheating shit that went on, and then, I mean, after that, kind of the dust kind of settled on that. None of that really mattered. And the only way to shut up, shut people like me up is by going out and, and running the fucking table. So, all right, Michigan wins its first national title since 1997. To me, that's, uh, that's a lot of time between national titles. I mean, that's uh, almost 30 years, right? 97, 07, 17, yeah. Um, they're going to need, um, you know, decades of success. This can't be a one-off in order to have the uh, uh, type of run that like Alabama had. To me, that is the um, the bar. The highest bar is the uh, uh, consistent years of success. And I can't stand Alabama. Is Michigan set up to do that? I don't know. Don't ask me. Fuck. I guess it's all a matter of how well you pay the players. And then now the questions need to be asked. What happens uh, with Harbaugh? You know, this guy is as flaky as they come. Will he pack up and go to the NFL? If you remember, when he was with San Francisco, he was quite good. And then somehow that he wore out his welcome there. And I don't know, maybe there's a difference. And I'm, I'm sure there is. I've heard people talk about there's a big difference um, when coaching uh, pro players than college players. Pro players maybe a little bit harder to coach than college players. Um, Linda says the score is Saban seven and she calls Harbaugh scumball scumball one. So that would mean like Saban has seven national titles. Is that right? Seven. Holy shit, seven national titles. Uh, A lot of people in here are are Michigan fans, including Rich. He writes, uh, you talk about Alabama, yet we beat them too. Well, yeah, absolutely. You beat the hell out of everybody this year. 
Uh, Donko says Alabama was the best cheater for a long time. Uh, of course, Joe Martinez is here. Uh, he can't stop. He can't control himself. He is uh, far and away the biggest chatter about this. Uh, I imagine that Joe may still be intoxicated from last night's party. He probably stayed up all night uh, shooting guns into the air in the neighborhood. That's what I expect he did. Uh, Linda says, uh, yes, six with Alabama, one with LSU. I want Saban to leave Alabama and go to like another school. You know, uh, Linda says regarding my pal, Joe Martinez, I have him blocked now. (laughs) She actually blocked you. She writes, it is so blissful not to see his ignorance. Well, I don't know if he's showing any ignorance. He's just cheering on his team and being a smart ass. That's, that's not ignorant. Come on now. The tarantula farmer is here. Mitch, he says, good win, U of M, but must admit, got away with a ton of holding. Okay. Ryan says, Michigan fans and all their fucking paraphernalia. What are you talking about paraphernalia? You mean like drug paraphernalia? Kent with an eye roll says, Saban is certainly the coach with the highest integrity. Oh, he's a goddamn cheater too. They're all cheaters. Kuypers is here. Give him hell, doll. Another third beer. Uh, Linda says, we're all so tired of it by now. Go away. And then Joe says, people who block people are children anyways. They can't handle the truth. Yeah, Kenny says, wow, Linda blocking people. Now I have nobody blocked for a change. Ha ha. By the way, you can't go and unblock people and and uh, and not give us an explanation why. Okay, I talked to you about it and then you just went and did it. But you got to explain what the fuck happened there. Just because you're getting a little poon, does that mean you're just like in a better a better mood or something like that? By the way, you got to convince her that this is the only thing to listen to. The fact that she doesn't and thinks I'm an idiot, Kenny, is a huge red flag. God damn. All right. So this show is uh, off to a rip-roaring start. Michigan wins. I am very anxious to see how this unfolds with uh, Harbaugh potentially going to the NFL. Could be Chicago, San Diego, the Raiders, the Washington Commanders, or back at Michigan. It's up to him. It's up to him. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. This is a video of Probably the world's biggest Michigan fan, Brad Galley from Channel 7 in Detroit. 
talking with uh, Jim Harbaugh's mom and dad, who they're super fucking annoying. I wanted to let you know they won. You let the world know at the Rose Bowl. (laughs) We have to know. Did you switch seats earlier this time? No, we sat in the seats we should sit in. That we sat in for every single Michigan. Why does she always sound like she's yelling? And home game. There was a time in about the middle of the third quarter. Hey, the clock read 731. When I said, do you want a hot dog? And my wife said, no. I said, well, I think I'm going to get a hot dog. So I got up, and then I said, no, I got a better idea. I'm just going to spin in a circle and do the chicken dance and sit down, and maybe we'll get a touchdown. When we looked at each other, not a word was spoken, but the wave, the wavelength was gone. Maybe this is the moment. But we did stay in the same safe dinner. This time, we stayed because that's how we were throughout the season. You were this side and i oh god is it is this mean that there's a day coming when i'm gonna i'm gonna carry out these conversations with the queen of the forest these types of insipid pointlessness what was more nerve-wracking watching your son's coach i hope my i hope my kids uh uh, gag me so that i don't have to put anybody through drivel like this against one another in the super bowl or this game tonight every game Every game. It doesn't matter which game. Well, one thing about the Super Bowl, when you have one son on one side, when the ball's kicked off, the realization it sets in that, that one's going to win and one's going to lose. And oh, that that's profound, Mr. Harbaugh. I've, as a coach, I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. And, uh, and you're hearty. I mean, you're split. I mean, you don't have the – and you enjoy them. You're champion and all that, but you, I hope you – Hey, reminds me. Super Bowl won. The Green Bay Packers, they won. Super Bowl two, the Green Bay Packers won again. Super Bowl three was a big upset. Joe Willie Namath says he guaranteed the win, beat the Baltimore Colts. I hope I'm saying that, but you really you agonize a little bit when the when the results in and you have the winner and the and the, and the one that doesn't. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh is lucky he's got his mom and his dad because we've finally found the only two people on the planet who can be more annoying than him. Your son called you up on the stage. And had you announced to the world the family mantra, how much will that ring in your heart for years to come? I hope for being 84 years, you know, you don't know how long you're going to be here, but I hope for every every minute. He looks good for 84, though. I'll give him that. Every hour, every day, I I can uh, look back on this day and the, and the joy and the happiness that we feel. All right. They weren't nearly as annoying this time around uh, than they were the first. Uh, Dave says he's like Fire Marshal Bill from In Living Color. Joe Martinez says, come on, Eric, keep eating that crow. What do you mean eating that crow? I just wanted the other team to win. The fuck is wrong with you? I mean, uh, what the hell? They, They kicked ass. There was one more chance for them to fuck it up. They did not do it. They, uh, they played well. They're, they're fucking great. There's no question. Um, I'm just, uh, looking forward to the off season, seeing the, uh, nonsense ensue with him. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? Uh, Joe Martinez says you wanted, uh, the Buckeyes and Penn state to win also. Well, yeah, I told you that because I, it, it, to me, it all boils down to 
Um, I was indifferent to Michigan uh, leading into this season. Indifferent. In fact, had all of the cheating not happened, um, I would have. I would not have been that uh, actively rooting against Michigan. The second all of the shit with Connor Stallions and all of the cheating that went down, then I was, and then the the cover up to uh, uh, get away from it. That is what got me really, really annoyed. Uh, Linda says the NCAA will vacate this win within five years when they get their heads out of their asses. Now, that would be something. That would be something. Um, I especially liked when the um, defensive coach rushed into the office to delete all of the proof off of the servers in the football office. And uh, they, he ended up getting fired over that. They like figured it out. He's like, you know, in the, uh, in, in the office it, with the lights off and a flashlight. Delete, delete, delete. And then boom, he's fired. Chris says, but that was supposedly completely unrelated. Oh, yeah, it had nothing to do with it. Not a thing. Come on, give me a fucking break. Um, all right. A lot of people say that college football now, uh, college athletics isn't what college athletics was supposed to be. It's like, well, no kidding. Before, you know, uh, they were making millions and millions and millions of dollars and the players got nothing. Now the players can leave whenever they want. Players can get paid. And uh, the traditionalists say, oh, it'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. It's like, well, no, it shouldn't be the same. The way it was, was ridiculous. Of course, it'll never be the same. The way it was before, it'll never be that way because that was shitty. I love the transfer portal. I want it to be to a point where if a player has a bad first half, He can leave and fly or drive to the nearest school and start the second half for another team. Or if it's a game on the East Coast, play that one and then transfer and play a a game on the West Coast with another team and then transfer back. He can keep doing it the whole fucking whenever he wants. I love the transfer portal. I think it needs to be even more wide open. I think you should be allowed to transfer to the NFL and then transfer from the NFL back to college. Like you're a running back who's like 47 years old in the NFL and he sucks and you transfer back to like some little shitbag school and you're still able to hammer these fuckers. Come on. The rules that were set up years ago are so archaic and ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I said ridiculous. Uh, Kenny says, I hope Harbaugh does not land in Tennessee if he goes to the NFL. Um, Look, you can say whatever you want about Harbaugh, but wherever he's coached, he's done very well 
In fact, out of all the success he's had, uh, the one that took the longest to cultivate was Michigan. Two and a half years ago, Harbaugh was on the hot seat. And uh, then he beat Ohio State. And since then, he hasn't stopped beating Ohio State. Last year, with all the cheating, uh, he made it to the playoffs. And then uh, TCU figured out the cheating scandal and kicked their ass. This year, more success. More cheating. Good for him. Kent says he's goofy as hell as all get out, but he gets it done. Oh yeah, I know it. it well, he's, uh, you know, the, the tism runs strong in the family. And I, I think that that is a, uh, that is an attribute. Like I said yesterday, autism. I hope I get it. Rumors are flying about Vrabel, the Tennessee coach going to the Patriots. Whatever. And then there's rumors about Belichick being the coach, um, where the fuck? Carolina. Jesus. All cool. Meanwhile, Dan Campbell in the lines getting ready for Saturday. Saturday night, I want you to know this. Um, I totally see myself, if I didn't have a hockey game, uh, not even watching that. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's God damn it. I just, I uh, I don't feel great about this game. The LA Rams started the year at three and six. They were horrible. Then they got their shit together and they almost ran the table. They went seven and one. Matthew Stafford had a fantastic comeback year. Uh, I, I I don't feel comfortable about this at all. I don't feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable if they were playing the Rams or the Packers. The Packers are on fucking fire. Jordan Love had an outstanding back half of the year. I mean, like rookie of the year level year. He started out the season getting his ass kicked by Detroit and deer in the headlights. He looked like shit. But that motherfucker has lit it up. It would not surprise me in the least if the Packers went into Dallas, rubbed their fucking noses and shit, which I'm hoping and praying that they do, just because I fucking hate Dallas after that fiasco the other night, a couple weeks ago. And then the Rams, it's uh, very, very possible that the Rams would beat the shit out of the Lions. And then you've got, uh, I think the Rams would then host the Packers. Even if the Lions beat the Rams, if the Lions beat the Rams, to me, it's a toss-up. Packers at home or Dallas on the road. We already know we can play Dallas on the road. The Packers went into Detroit on Thanksgiving and just murdered the Lions. So this is uh, all sorts of drama. My God. Linda says, wonder what kind of greeting Stafford will get from the fans. You can't be serious. You know what the greeting is going to be. They're going to kill him. They are going to kill that guy. But uh, do not be surprised if Stafford lights up the home team. That would be so lion-like for us to just get 
obliterated in the playoffs. You know, all this year, I've gotten kind of used to them winning a lot more than they've been losing. All right? Because they finished 12 wins, five losses. Fine season. Fantastic season. But there had been moments during the year of those five losses, three of which they were just raped. Green Bay Thanksgiving, Baltimore, and, um, well, not Chicago, but it, it was still ugly. It was just an ugly, ugly loss. All right. So I just don't feel great about it. I'm actually thankful that I will be able to uh, not be watching at least part of that game. Uh, Ryan says, I would love to hear you and Billy debate this. Well, Bill is a cheerleader. He is 98% cheerleader, 2% talk show host. Now that can change from time to time. Like if Michigan is not in the national championship game, then he's more of a talk show host. But believe me, Bill is going to be insufferable from now until, well, however long, it doesn't matter about this national championship. He is the biggest Michigan fan on the planet. He might even be more of a Michigan fan than Joe Martinez. Joe writes, you and Bill need to do another bet where the loser opts out at the end. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Thanks for enjoying the show. Picking it up on Facebook, X, and YouTube. If you want the rest of it, download the Twitch app in the App Store or Google Play. And uh, search Eric Zane Live. That's where the show um, goes from beginning to end without any interruption. Or if you're at a laptop or a desktop, go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Thank you very much. Follow me there. Subscribe to me there. And enjoy the show. The video element, the live audio video element, 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time on Twitch. Or, for some of you, this audio becomes the audio podcast. You can get it wherever you download shows. I prefer Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you. If you ever want to reach out to me, send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com on the Shoreliners Striping Inbox. Thank you to Shoreliners Striping being a key sponsor of this show. And then there's the Patreon, where I have news on Patreon. Uh, We are going to podcast Saturday, a rare big fraud Saturday. I had said Thursday earlier for another edition of Who Are These Free Beers and the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, but Ben has a scheduling conflict. I said, "Uh, how about this time? Can't do it. How about this time? Can't do it. I go, how about Saturday? He goes, I can do that. Oh, this is a rare Saturday. Big Fraud Saturday. So that means that uh, uh, Patrick in South Carolina may have to amend his Reddit post 
uh, promoting the Big Fraud Thursday and make it a Saturday thing. There it is. He always does these really, really funny uh, clip art, Photoshop, memes, the Drake uh, the Drake thing, easy as Drake. There's Steve looking very young, like Tumnus. This image of free beer wearing the trophy husband t-shirt is just ridiculous. He writes, uh, Big Fraud Thursday is back this week with a new episode of Who Are These Free Beers? Watch Ben and Eric turn Freebeer's sour pile of garbage that's indigestible and mind-numbingly boring into a sweet treat that anyone with a sense of humor can enjoy. The show will be followed by the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. Last week's Ben and Eric was one of the best ever as the guys reviewed Jimmy's short film, The Harwich Tale. You can watch all of this free and live with a seven-day free trial on Patreon. You can also listen and watch all the past episodes. Go to bigfraudzane.com. He actually bought the domain bigfraudzane.com, which links to the Patreon. You are so kind to me. This is always so much fun when you do stuff like this. But you're going to have to change that to be a uh, to be a Saturday thing. All right. Excellent. So that's what's happening. That'll be a fun Saturday to be sure. Patrick says, I did not buy that domain. Someone else did. Oh, okay. If you say so. Uh, all right. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, I still got to kick you folks out that are watching the show on Facebook X and YouTube. Thank you and have a great day. Facebook and Twitch brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. X brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And the open and live stream brought to you by Frank Fuss. My policy shop insurance. I need to read this to you right now. Aaron wrote into the show. Subject line, Frank Foss. Easy. Thought I'd let you know. I recent I recently quit my corporate job of 11 years. To be a full-time musician. Parentheses, I know, WTF. When I realized I'd need to get new health insurance, I had no idea what I was doing. Enter Frank Foss. I got in touch with him, and after a quick 30-minute call, he and I squared away on a new plan that's both cheap and has great coverage, and I never paid him anything. The whole thing sounds shady as shit, but it turned out to be totally legit. Highly recommend his services. And then he writes, these are his words, Joe Martinez. P.S. Go blue for the record. Joe Martinez needs his U of M card revoked. He is the absolute worst type of fan. We are not all annoying assholes and he needs to relax. Wow. You know, I don't even believe that. I mean, Joe's just passionate, but this, this is a fellow Michigan fan who is 
had it with you. What? Holy shit. Signed, Aaron. Uh, Chris laughs at that. Patrick does too. Kenny does. Uh, yeah, that's the thing about Frank Fuss. Uh, to, uh, that's what I try to explain to people. Frank does not get paid by you, the consumer. Frank gets paid, of course, by the insurance companies because as a licensed independent insurance agent slash broker, they need someone to put people into their policies. And uh, that is where Frank comes in. Excellent work. Uh, if you want to take advantage of healthcare.gov and the type of person who usually does is uh, unemployed in between jobs, or maybe your employer doesn't offer health insurance, <clears throat> Frank Fuss can help you every step of the way with healthcare.gov. That is the uh, government uh, healthcare plan for you. Head over to buyinsurancehere.com. That's B-U-Y insurancehere.com for more information. Uh, Tis the season, tax season. If you've got an accountant in your life, they are, you know, working their ass off right now. And uh, definitely part of that is the tax hobbit, Troy Ginzer, tag accounting. Online at tagcpa.net. If you're in the listening audience, I want you to remember this. Get your taxes done by the tax hobbit. Doesn't matter where you are in the U.S. Uh, reach out today and you can take advantage of this. You submit all of your materials, your W-2s, whatever it may be, um, to, of course, tag accounting and you are off and running. Reach out with a phone call. All the information is at tagcpa.net. Okay, while I'm here, I want to mention this. I um I got a brand new sponsor, but it's a different type of sponsor. Typically, my sponsors are like what we just heard about, Tag Accounting, Frank Fuss, things like that. But I've started a new partnership with a company called Vouch. Now, Vouch blends small business with podcasts, small podcasts like mine. I tell you to go online to vouch.store slash Eric Zane and check out the products that are for sale on my vouch store. I talk about the products. If you like, you buy the products. And then with your support of those sponsors, I get paid. The more you buy, the more this works out. Thank you to Vouch for starting all of this. This is a brand new startup started by a gentleman by the name of Kevin Brandis. He is uh, right here in West Michigan. He knew about me uh, back in the radio days. He used to listen. He came up with this idea and he's off and running. The products that are available right now on my vouch store at vouch.store slash Eric Zane. Split Rock Coffee. Two dudes, disabled veterans, decided to get into this business. You can get the coffee. You can get a toothbrush, also known as a toothbrush. 
you will notice that the toothbrush is larger than a typical toothbrush. A dental hygienist decided that this is the design she wanted to use that is more effective. Believe it or not, the bristles have properties similar to like when you floss your teeth made of different materials. It's something you need to try, throw eight bucks at it and try it out. All this stuff that comes with it. This is a case for the toothbrush. This is the thing that sticks on the mirror. You put the toothbrush in so it hangs there. You can also get a kid's size toothbrush. There's also camp craft cocktails. So you got the coffee, either whole bean or ground. You got the toothbrush. And then you've got camp craft cocktails. That's another company. What you do, like right here, this is the sangria. You, uh, You buy this jar and it's got all this dried fucking fruit in it. And then you pour your booze in it. And you let it kind of like become infused for like a day. And then boom, you've got the sangria that is an absolute dream. My wife's going to try this. The rum bundle. All three of these concoctions you get in the mail. You pour the rum in and you let it percolate. Let it steep for a fucking day. And then you take the rum Uh, the fruit-infused rum, and you make your mixed drinks with that. Each jar will make you 16 drinks. So this is three jars. Uh, That's 48 drinks for 75 bucks. Okay, so do the math here. How would you do that? You take $75, and then you divide it by 48. That's $1.56 per drink. You're going to love the Camp Craft Cocktails. You got the Gin Bundle, Classic Cocktails Bundle, the Rum Bundle. Those are sold in threes. So you got to pay $75 a pop for those. Or if you like the drink called the Old Fashioned, I don't know what the fuck is in it. You, uh, you go ahead and you buy that deal and then you can make old fashioned. So that's 25 bucks as is the sangria. Uh, Kevin says to me, I should have mentioned those camp cocktails each come with instructions to make mock tails. I don't know what the fuck that is, but I think you're going to enjoy, uh, your, your booze. This one is called Sweater Weather. You get the jar for $18.75. I think this is like your cinnamon shit. I don't know. It looks like a sea urchin inside of there. That's a cinnamon stick. I can see that for sure. Let's see. Description. More information on this. You you, you can check all this out at uh, vouch.store slash Eric Zay. You know what I got to do? I got to buy a mouse with a wire on it, not a wireless one. I am done with that. Okay, this one makes eight cocktails infused with liquor or hot water for a mocktail. Complex, warm, and bold. Ingredients, marshmallow, cinnamon stick, ginger, citrus-infused, non-GMO, vegan sugar. What? 
infused with whiskey, bourbon, vodka, or hot water for a zero-proof recipe. Each jar is filled with dehydrated fruit, herbs, and non-GMO vegan, vegan sugar. No preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors, handcrafted cocktails. Enjoy the perfect sweater weather every time with Camp cock, camp Craft Cocktails Refine Recipes. So you see what we're getting at here. This is how your old pal EZ has yet another way to move the meter with the audience. Try this stuff out. This is another excellent way to support the show. You know, with Patreon, uh, you're you're supporting me behind a paywall. I'm giving you the content. This is another great way to do it, except you're getting a product this time. Uh, yes, this is the first time I've talked about these guys on the um, on uh, on this podcast, on the audio podcast. I did an interview yesterday with Kevin and posted it. And um, five of you already bought stuff and i appreciate that at least at the start of this show it was um three of you bought a toothbrush and two of you bought uh coffee so there you go becca says a mocktail means no alcohol oh i get it yeah that that makes perfect sense it's remarkable that it took me that long to figure it out. Well, I didn't figure it out. You had to tell me. I thought that was a new way of getting fucked up or something. I have no idea. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, that's what you do. You head on over again because you've already forgot. Vouch. Dot store slash Eric Zane. I'll leave that for you in the um, in the comments of the live stream. So you can have it. And then, of course, in the show notes of this podcast, I will leave all that pertinent information for you. I, I'm, I'm going the extra mile on explaining this right now because uh, this is their this is their first time that I'm talking about them on the uh, on the show. So thank you. Okay. Your old pal EZ has to take a break. I'll be right back. Stand by and stand down. Moving on. The uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing uh, hit a new level yesterday. I really love this story. First of all, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I didn't like Aaron Rodgers when he wasn't a conspiracy theorist, anti-vax kook. Um, I hated him when he played for the Packers because he would always beat the shit out of the Lions. I kind of wanted him to stay in Green Bay because I thought the Lions were going to beat the shit out of him. I'm not going to lie to you. When he got injured, I thought it was great. Actually, I take it back. When he got injured, I didn't think it was great. I felt I actually felt bad for him. But then, you know, him doing the shit that he does every time he opens his mouth uh, makes me glad that that happened to him. I can't stand that guy. Most recently, he uh, he went on the offensive for some reason. He attacked. Well, he. Kimmel's made fun of him for being an anti-faxer. 
I think the joke was when Aaron had his hair up in a fucking bun, he said, uh, nothing says anti-vaxxer or heal yourself with crystals more than a haircut like that, which I love that joke. So it doesn't matter what any, what any, whoever it is that says something bad about Aaron Rodgers, I love that person. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, though, out of the blue, wasn't even a joke. He says on McAfee's show, uh, he references Jimmy Kimmel being nervous because of the so-called Epstein list coming out. So as that unfolds, Kimmel freaks out, threatens him with a lawsuit. Kimmel's show not on the air at the time, but it was last night. And this is the first thing that he had to say. This is this goes on for about seven and a half minutes. This is this is I, I've not watched it. This is the first time this this is the first time watching it. Of 2024, which is already a crazy year, particularly for me. Uh, I, 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 did you hear this story about me and Aaron Rodgers, the former quarterback for the Packers? All right. So uh, what happened is he's a Jets quarterback now. He went on a show on ESPN, the Pat McAfee show, and out of the blue insinuated that I was nervous because the Jeffrey Epstein list was coming out. He said I was hoping it wouldn't and that he was going to pop a bottle of something to celebrate when he did, and then it did come out, and of course my name wasn't on it and isn't on it and won't ever be on. I don't know Jeffrey Epstein. I've never met Jeffrey Epstein. I'm not on a list. I was not on a plane or an island or anything ever, and I suggested that if Aaron wanted to make false and very damaging statements like that, that we should do it in court so he could share his proof with, like, a judge. Because, you know, when you hear a guy who won a Super Bowl and did the, all the State Farm commercials say something like this, a lot of people believe it. A lot of delusional people honestly believe I am meeting up with Tom Hanks and Oprah at Shakey's once a week to eat pizza and drink the blood of children. And I know this because I hear from these people often. My wife hears from them. My kids hear from them. My poor mailman hears from these people. And now we're hearing from lots more of them, thanks to Aaron Rodgers, who I guess believes one of two things. Either he actually believes my name was going to be on Epstein's list, which is insane, or the more likely scenario is he doesn't actually believe that. He just said it because he's mad at me for making fun of his top knot and his lies about being vaccinated. <laughs> I get, he's particularly upset, I think, because I made fun of the fact that he floated this wacko idea that the UFO sightings that were in the news in February were being reported to distract us from the Epstein list. That was Aaron's theory that he shared, and I mocked. Well, let me show you the moment that so badly bruised Aaron's Thanksgiving Day parade-sized ego. <laughs> Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released, too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. 
Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. That's... So he saw that, and maybe to retaliate, he decided to insinuate that I am a pedophile. This is how these nuts do it now. You don't like Trump? You're a pedophile. It's their go-to move. And it shows you how much they actually care about pedophilia. But here's the thing. I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him before. Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself. Because he had success on the football field, he believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. We learned during COVID, somehow he knows more about science than scientists. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet and he, that G made him a genius. It's, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? And can you imagine that this hamster-brained man thinks he knows what the government is up to because he's a quarterback doing research on YouTube and listening to podcasts. I looked it up. This is actually a thing. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. The uh -huh. Dunning-Kruger Let me see if I can remember this. The person who acts like they're the smartest in the room is usually the least, I think. I think I, I suffer from this. Effect is a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a particular domain overestimate their abilities. In other words, Aaron Rodgers is too arrogant to know how ignorant he is. <laughs> they let him host Jeopardy for two weeks. Now he knows everything. And by the way, That's I'm right. not one of those people who thinks athletes and members of the sports media should stick to talking about sports. I think Aaron Rodgers has the right to express any opinion he wants to, but saying someone is a pedophile is not an opinion, nor is it trash talk. Sorry, Pat McAfee. And as far as the, well, you say things about people all the time argument goes, yes, I do. It's not the same. It's not even close to the same. We say a lot of things on this show. We don't make up lies. In fact, we have a team of people who work very hard to sift through facts and reputable sources before I make a joke. And that's an important distinction, a joke about someone, even when that someone is Donald Trump, even a person <laughs> who lies from the minute he wakes up until the minute he's smearing orange makeup on his my pillow at night. Even he deserves that consideration. And we give it to him because the truth still matters. And when I do get something wrong, which happens on rare occasions. You know what I do? I apologize for it, which is what Aaron Rodgers should do, which is what a decent person would do, but I bet he won't. If he does, you know what I'll do? I'll accept his apology and move on, but he probably won't do that. My guess is he won't apologize. I hope I'm wrong. That's how I think it will go. And I know you guys here in this audience, most if not all of you are on my side, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the, all the nice things I've heard from so many people. But my real hope, the reason I even bring this up is because I hope the many, many decent people out there who vote conservative or whatever you want to call what goes on now, I don't see anything conservative about any of it, but to those of you who are part of that, I want to say this, and I hope you'll, you'll listen and give it a little bit of consideration. If you are a member of a group that think it's okay to randomly call someone a child molester because you don't like what that person yeah. has to say, maybe you should read. Remember that time when Jamingo said that about boring Dean? Yeah, that's bullshit. You think being a part of that group. Yeah. And I also want to say, 
Congratulations to Aaron Rodgers, who has done the impossible. He made the New York Jets look even worse. <laughs> oh, and by the way, are you looking for someone who actually was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein, who called him a terrific guy and bragged about his affinity for younger women? I have very good news, Epstein Hunters. I found one for you. <laughs> it's Trump. Jesus Christ. There you go. Just two fun guys checking out the ladies. Nothing unsavory there. Oh, fucking A. What a takedown. Oh, my God. Ooh. Ryan says, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing other than pussy talk going on there for the audio podcast listeners. It's just Epstein and Trump talking while hot chicks dance in front of them. Um, overwhelmingly on the side of uh, of Jimmy Kimmel there. Jimmy's writers are funny. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Kyle says this is funny. Well, it is because Rogers is such a, a douchebag and making fun of him is great. Uh, Jimmy has class unlike some ignorant people, Linda says. I don't know who she's referencing there. Kyle says, see that up there? That's the high road. That's where Kimmel is going. Good for him. Ryan says, it's total bullshit. Just like free market solution, bitch. So, uh, Rogers says, today is the day. Rogers is saying he's going to respond on the McAfee show. I like how Kimmel referenced the McAfee show when he said, and I'm sorry, Pat McAfee, it's not just ball busting. It's just a lie. That's all you did, Aaron Rodgers, was make a lie. And Kimmel was like, ah, <laughs> or uh, McAfee's like, hey, yeah, you know, it's, we crack jokes. Uh, we crack wise, you know, it's it's all good. And uh, his fucking peanut gallery's going, yeah, yeah, I hate that fucking show. I fucking hate it. There are times, though, there are moments, it has its moments, I'll give it that, where I'm like, okay, no, that was, that was, that was pretty good, that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, all of that is just, uh, that whole meathead fucking mentality, I hate that shit. Uh, Linda says, Pat, better watch out. He won't be America's sweetheart anymore. I hope Kimmel sues all those fuckers. All right. Good thing I have never said any lies ever. Okay? Let's go to Big Black Dick because I know you want to But what time did you call 911, you liar? Shut up. My God. Well, that's ancient history now, isn't it? Uh, all right. So there you go. I love that story. Uh, more gossip. Taylor Swift is pissed. Or she was pissed. 
I had never heard of Joe Coy prior to this, but he was the uh, host of the Golden Globes, which I did not watch. I know Oppenheimer won a bunch of awards, um, which is usually a precursor for what could happen, what is likely going to happen in the Oscars. I don't know. Joe Coy gets up there and he he has a monologue. Now, they kind of dogged him on his jokes, but I I didn't think the jokes were that bad. I mean, and I think his delivery was all right as far as comics go. I'm I'm not a big stand-up guy. I just not a not a fan of it. Um I don't know. I think I don't think I have the wits to follow along. I don't think I have the wit or wisdom to follow along. I think I oftentimes when people tell jokes in this type of uh setting I'm just like, God, I just don't find anything funny about it. He goes kind of like a little bit of a, a roast style, which if that is it, it, with that style of comedy, occasionally I do find roasting funny. Um, If I had to say one particular comic that I would say that I would always stop and watch, that would be Dave Chappelle. This guy, no. Like when Ben Glaze does his jokes for me, I'm like, I don't like jokes like yours when a good comic is saying them. Like every time he says a joke, I always have this look on my face. I'm like, what? One of his stand-up jokes. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. And then everyone else will laugh. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? What? Huh? How come I'm the only one not laughing? It's probably my own ego. Honestly. That's keeping me from laughing. Uh, Joe Coy. Chris says he has a couple of Netflix specials. Kenny says dude had 10 days to prepare. I think he did fine. I think he did too. Ben says he's a terrible comedian. I thought he was okay. Uh, he's not famous enough to pull it off. Nick says, Chris says he's been around forever. Hold up. Darla's licking Bruce's ear. That's going to be a problem. Hang on. Hey, 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 hey. No, no. Yeah. If she starts licking his ear, his little red rocket's going to pop out and it's going to be a problem. We cannot have that. All right, this is the moment. Coy makes a reference to Taylor Swift, who was there in the audience enjoying the show. Audio check, video check. Uh, The big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift, I swear. There's just more to go to here. Look at that face. Oh my God. She is livid. (laughs) Oh. That was impressive. 
think I just had a problem. Hmm. That stone cold look on her face. In the NFL, on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. He almost couldn't say the joke. He kind of fucked it up. He like smished the word. Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. Just- <laughs> wow. Look at that look. And look at the guys behind him. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This chick next to her, she's trying not to laugh, knowing that she's going to get stabbed in the heart by Swift if she laughs at it. But this is ugly, I think. I'm telling you right now. Say what you will about Joe Coy. But that was a silly joke. And then he, I guess he said sorry right after that. No, don't say sorry. You got to lean into it. I mean, that's risky. I think that the that's a ballsy move to go after Taylor Swift because her fans are more crazy than like people who worship Trump or people like Joe Martinez who worship Michigan. Okay? So there's a chance that Joe Coy could be murdered. And that look on her face, that's the equivalent of like in that debate four years ago when Trump told the guy from the Proud Boys to uh, 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 stand by or whatever the fuck, that look right there is saying kill to her legions of fans. Now, this to me, that look over that silly joke tells me that her brain is now on another level. The arrogance of her to not roll with that, the inability to roll with that. She's mean. She's angry. She's aggressive in that response. That tells me all the fame, all the money has made her into a colossal bitch who needs to fuck off. That look right there tells me everything I need to know about Taylor Swift. Golden Globes and the NFL. On the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. There's just more... (laughs) Oh, my God. She's so pissed. Yeah, fuck her. What a, what a, what a, what a bitch. Who, can you imagine? Because that's all very true, what she just said. Or what that guy just said about her is very, very true. Because the NFL games, and that's more of a joke at the NFL than it is Taylor Swift. You know, she, he's not indicting her. He's saying the NFL is always putting her on TV. And, and, and so there you go. But she took that so poorly. And think about it. Um, if she laughed with it, if she even just went, oh, and just a smile, everyone would have adored that. Okay, but now all they've done is all she's done is, um, you know, made people think she's a fucking asshole. Not that she gives a shit, but who can't just roll with a joke for God's sake? Uh, that is like the first time I've ever seen Taylor Swift without her big fat fucking mouth, um, with 18 inches of space between her upper lip and her lower lip. My God. Look at that pissed off appearance. I'm doing it in slow-mo. Okay. She grabs a drink, stares at the guy. Oh, he's fucking dead. 
Oh. So aggressive. Uh, the, uh, the big oh. difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL. Joe the Golden Globes. He'll, he's going to wind up dead in a ditch. Chris says, going through her mind, I can drop $50 million to ruin this little man and not even blink. Uh, Brandis calls her a pussy. Chris says she's a billionaire. She's going to have him eliminated. Bob calls her a rat face trailer park skank. Ben Glaze, it was, it was a harmless joke and she took it like a bitch. Mitch says, I love how her mouth is a straight line. Teeth aren't even showing. You know, she's pissed. Brandon says it's comedy. Fuck off, Taylor. Get over it. How annoying. Kenny uh, writes that look, says, I came here for an award show, not for a roast. How dare you? I love how the joke wasn't even directly about her, and she takes it like, oh, what a personal attack. Cole says, all these years later, I'm glad Kanye West took that mic from her now. Fuck Taylor Swift. Ben says they need Ricky Gervais not, uh, next year. Dude goes hard in the paint and doesn't give a fuck. That's true. Kyle describes her looking like a Bond villain, sipping sipping champagne, thinking about how she's going to take a guy down. Wow. That was ridiculous. Uh, yesterday... It was a fine day at uh, beautiful Bosco's Pub in Hudsonville, Michigan. It started out weird, though. Get this. A guy and his wife come walking in before anybody's even come in for the dinner service. It's Doug, EZ, and Doug's daughter, uh, Lindsay. We're just getting ready to get started. This couple comes in. Guy says, Hey, I left my wallet here. Doug says, okay. Uh, are you sure you left it? We did. Nothing was turned in. He says, I know it's here. Doug goes, oh yeah. He goes, in fact, I know where in the restaurant it is right now. And Doug goes, okay. Uh-huh. A little bit perplexed look on his face. He goes, I've got a tracker on it, on my wallet in case I lose it. And uh, the tracker can get right down and dirty exactly where it is. It's that it's that ridiculously accurate. And, and so we're all like, okay, cool. And it shows that in this building, it's at the spot where we sat for dinner uh, Friday night. So it was there Friday. Now he's back on Monday. He says, and if you look at it, and he holds the app to Doug, shows it to him. He says, it shows me I'm right here at this table, and this is where I sat. And Doug goes, okay, well, let's find it. It's not there. They look under the table. They look in any place that it could have gotten trapped, and it's it's just fucking four chairs and a table. It's a, it, it can't go far. There's no place to put it. So then... Uh, this continues for a little bit. And Doug says, 
Um, all right, let's go back to the camera. So Doug has cameras everywhere, and they pull up the monitor, and they can see the guy walk into the restaurant with his wife, sit right in the spot. This is a goddamn mystery, by the way. Mrs. Mrs. Wallet and Mr. Wallet sit down. They eat. Mrs. Wallet pays for the meal by uh, through taking her card out of her purse. Mr. Wallet does not remove the wallet from his pants the whole time. Doug sat there and watched the meal. And so did the guy. The guy and, and Doug watch him at the table. He walks into the restaurant, sits, eats, leaves. No wallet. He doesn't make the move to the, you can watch it. You can see it for yourself. Guy says, wallet's here. Doug says, okay, well, maybe it's in another part of the restaurant. We tore that restaurant apart. We looked everywhere. We looked high and low. We were looking in the dumpster for this guy's wallet. And the thing is every time, um, it would still show that it was at the table. So now I don't know anything. All I can think is that maybe it's malfunctioning or something like that. They even went so far as to come up with a theory that someone found the wallet, walked out of the restaurant, took money out of the wallet and then threw it on the roof. So I said, well, let's get on the roof. Let's, let's solve the fucking mystery, man. Scooby-Doo. And Doug goes, I only got a little step ladder. I go, bullshit. I'm going to pull my truck up to the side of the building. We're going to put the step ladder on the very top, on the uh, roof above the cab. And I'm going to get on the fucking roof. He goes, fuck you. I don't have insurance for that. You're going to get killed. No. You can't go climbing on the roof. So then um, the guy eventually leaves. You know, we get all his info. We go, all right, buddy, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. We have no idea what the fuck happened. <clears throat> this poor dude. I, d- I didn't think he wanted to leave. Um, so I said, to, so then we're like the day's dinner service comes and goes and he's bothered by it the whole time. He goes, I feel like I, I feel like I'm that he's thinking I'm dishonest. I go, Oh, come on now. Doesn't take much to uh, get the, get a read on you. Um, so now that's it. I, I, now I just can't wait. I got to find out what the fuck he's probably over there right now on the roof of that fucking thing. Um, but I can't think of anything. We can't think of anything else that could have possibly have happened other than, um, I mean, there, there, there's really no logical explanation you can say other than that it, it malfunctioned or something like that. I don't know. Holy cow. That was just part of what went on there. Otherwise, uh, it was all good. I want to see you there next time. I won't be at Bosco's uh, until next week. We have basketball on Sunday with the Grand Rapids Gold, and I want you to be there. GrandRapidsGold.com. That's where you go to get tickets uh, for a Sunday game with your Grand Rapids gold. In fact, uh, that is a 3 p.m. start time with your Grand Rapids gold. 
They are winners of eight out of nine, winning big and often. I love that because they started out pretty damn slow, but they are on an absolute roll right now. Tuesdays, uh, pardon me, Thursdays and Fridays, you can get $2 beers, $2 dogs with the Grand Rapids Gold. Get your tickets today, and I'll see you there Sunday. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Excited because interest rates are falling. We should be below 6% before you know it. After a high of uh, north of 7, they will be falling rather quickly, and you can take advantage by getting after a mortgage, pre-approved for a mortgage for the home that you've been looking to get into today with the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. No matter where you are in the audience, anywhere in the U.S., Call Mario today, 231-332-6505, and mention EZ. NMLS number 3035. Perhaps you've owned your home for a long time and you want to get some money out of it for um, some type of home improvement. You can do it with the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. 231-332-6505. All right. Believe it or not, your old pal EZ has to go potty again. This happens from time to time. I apologize. I'll be right back. Kenny says, well, phone call. I missed the end of the wallet story. I have to go back later. I'll, you know what? In a rare move, I'll, I'll get you up to speed. We still can't find the wallet. The last hope <clears throat> is that it's on the roof. So no, it ends there. It actually ends there. Holy cow. Uh, while I sit here on this, the 9th of January, uh, we're getting hammered with snow, but not a, it's not like it's a lot of snow. It's just windy and it's, it's wet snow. It's the worst snow because it's fucking heavy as shit. So we're going to get like four inches of this wet shit snow. And then it's going to start raining. And it's like, God damn. I mean, this that's the type of snow that it just laughs at the snowblower. You know, you like, uh, you go one inch with the snowblower. And then what it does is it like, uh, it, it grabs a bunch of this wet fucking slurpy snow. And then it gets clogged in the chute thing. And then it's a disaster. It would be quicker uh, clearing your driveway using like your hands or a spoon. So then the other option is you grab a, a snow shovel and, uh, one shovel full of snow, uh, weighs about one metric ton. And then, uh, you go to lift it and your heart explodes in your chest and then you're dead, you know? Uh, people do that. They like, they're sedentary all the way up till winter. They're an old man. They grab a, uh, a shovel full of snow and then their heart says, fuck you and whammo, you're dead. My dad, you, we got to watch him because as soon as the snow falls, he's like, I got to get that snow out of the, off the driveway. I have to. And it's like, you're not going anywhere. You don't drive. You leave the house uh, rarely to go get groceries. And if there's snow, Joanne's not going to drive. You literally do not need 
to remove the snow. Poor old man. Everything that he likes to do, he can't do anymore. And he like gets uh he gets all depressed about it. It's it it it's really sad. But the last time he tried to shovel the snow, he he wiped out and he like face planted. His face was all fucked up. Damn it. So that's where we're at right now. It's kind of annoying. It's really, really annoying. And son of a bitch, I did not put the snow, uh, the fucking snow tires on the cars. God, why do I always wait to do that? A lot of the time, I won't even put the snow tires on till like the day before uh, winter actually ends. So now I've got complaints from like my daughters. Hey, what? Hey, you didn't put the snow tires on. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, easy. Why can't they put their snow tires on? Yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it's just something dads do. That's just a dad thing. It's like when, uh, um, I wanted to teach Jackie how to change a flat tire. I wanted to do two things, teach her how to check the oil and teach her how to change the tire because she had a car that she didn't put any oil in it. And, um, when the light went on, it said, there's no oil in here. I was like, Jesus Christ. And, uh, it took like three quarts. It was down three quarts. It's a miracle that there wasn't any damage to it. I mean, there probably was, just not seen or heard. I'm showing her how to check the oil. And I could just sense none of that is functioning. It's None of that of what I'm saying is actually going into her head. And then we start on the uh, changing the tire, showing her that. And she goes, I got a better idea. How about when this happens, I call you? And I'm like, and I actually said, yeah, fine. You know, I get it. When you do something like that, like she did to me right there, that is a problem. And women everywhere should be offended at that, that she would do that. Because all that does is reinforce stereotypes. You know? Hey, I'm just going to have my, I'm just going to call you or call Justin. He's like, well, no, why don't you just learn? And then in a pinch, you can figure it out. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's like, my God. Kenny says, if you can't change a tire, you shouldn't be driving a car. All right. Well, my question for you is, uh, your daughter, the oldest one. What is her name? Marissa? Princess? Kelly? I forget her name. Can she change a tire? Derek strikes me as one of those guys who's like 30 and doesn't yet have his license. Kenny says he taught her how to change a tire. Yes. Yeah, but can she change a tire? I didn't ask you if you taught her how to change the tire. I asked you, can she change the tire or is she going to call someone? He says, yep. Yeah, I think you're lying. <laughs> Does Derek even have his license? 
if Derek was driving down the road and he got a flat tire, he would get out of the car and stare at the tire and try to get it to fix itself by sulking at it. Derek would give the tire the silent treatment. All right. There is a list of words that I, I'm, I'm late on this. Uh, for some reason, it's always one college. This place, Lake Superior State University. It's some school way up north, north uh, uh, the Upper Peninsula, where they are the ones who every year they, they banish words. And there are 10 words or sayings that they are abolishing that need to be, no one needs to say anymore. And I'm going to go over them with you. Some of them I actually like. Some I've never, there's one I haven't heard 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 of. I, th- I think I heard of it once, but I've never used it. That would be Riz. Riz checks in at number four. Riz is derived as a shortened form for charisma. He's got Riz. Gained prominence. That's right. It was Oxford's word of the year. That's where I remember that. And has become a familiar presence in the realm of social media discourse. The ubiquity of this term prompts contemplation on whether it retains its relevance with the language doing the cha-cha of change. We're wondering if this word still rocks the charisma scene or if it's time for a language remix. All right, all of that makes me just hate the list. Yeah, the word is weird, but so's this list. I think that for 2024, we just shouldn't have a list. Lake Superior State says, as the new year inspires us to look ahead to the future, it also gives us time to reflect on the past. Lake State proudly unveils this year's banished words list, a lively tradition that began in 1976. I'd like to go back to 1976 to see the words that were banned. 1976, Lake State banned words. Banish words list by year, 1976 to 2022. 1976, the words were, at this point in time, call for resignation. One I can't even pronounce. Detente? D-E-T-E-N-T-E, dialogue, implement and viable, input, meaningful, scenario, and macho. Yeah, macho would be there because uh, they would use that for like the whole disco scene. 1977, uh, also very benign. Nineteen seventy-eight, 
N-U-K-U-L-A-R, nuclear. That's, that's still used today by stupid people. You know. Y-U-H-K-N-O-W, you know. One of the 1978 band words. All right, this is pointless. I'm going to go back to 2024. Hack. The term hack has increasingly become a popular buzzword. You know the context that it would be used. I like hack. It's easy. If you say hack, they they know what the fuck you're talking about. If you figure something out, oh, I found an easy way to do it. I found a hack. What's wrong with that? The term impact, especially used as a verb. You know, like Ottawa impact or we could impact this. Uh, people who say at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I definitely can get behind this being banned. Um, people who say at the end of the day. How about slay? Now, like when it comes to Kenny, I call him like a poon slayer, but they do not like people using the word slay. It's transcended its original context, meaning... Um, Often used in the characterization of routine or mundane actions. Now it's sprinkled everywhere from wearing a stylish outfit to tackling the art of parallel parking. You slay that parking. Iconic. People that use the term iconic. It's an iconic look. That's an iconic song. Uh, uh, It's an iconic podcast. It's an iconic morning show. How about cringeworthy? Now, I like cringeworthy because, again, it's like, hack, you know exactly what the fuck that means. So when I talk about something that is like, oh, God, Eric, like me talking about my jizz, I know that that is cringeworthy. I know it. Right now, you're cringing about my medical malady. By the way, that word I couldn't say was detente. That's how you say that? Um, yeah. When I talk about personal stuff like that, that may, that's cringeworthy. I know that. Kyle says we have to say end of day at work. Borrower needs to sign by end of day. It's a legal thing. Well, yeah, but that's that's like normal. But people who say, at the end of the day, we're going to get a lot of snow. At the end of the day, we're still left standing. At the end of the day, we still got to make dinner. At the end of the day, the dogs still need to get walked. Badger7419 says, cringeworthy. Parmesan cheese feet. That's just horrible. The term obsessed. The casual use of obsessed to describe routine interests or preferences. I, I I still like it. I still I still would like to do that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with, as they say, a new kitchen gadget or a new shade of paint. Probably because everything that I do is an obsession. I don't do anything half-assed. If I start to like something, uh, I become obsessed with it. 
if I find a song I like, I listen to it about 10 times in a row. I become obsessed with it. I did it yesterday with the new song by the Rolling Stones, Angry. I went for a 30-minute walk, and all I did was listen to one song. I listened to Angry 10 times. I love that song. Side Hustle. Fuck you. I love that term. Again, everybody knows what the fuck that means. Yeah, I got my regular job and then I got a side hustle. I'm uh, uh, selling drugs or I'm uh, whatever. I'm, I'm an Uber driver. I'm making French fries. I have a side hustle. You're willing to work to make money on the side. Side hustle adds flair to our language. Our contributors feel that the only hustle is the one needed to get to their second job. It may be worth reflecting on whether its prevalence inadvertently downplays the genuine reality of the situation. The term side hustle has gained widespread use, prompting considerations about its impact on how we perceive economic challenges. Yeah, bullshit. Maybe people like just making money. This isn't so much economic challenges. Maybe someone just wants to save up for when they get old. That's a side hustle. People who say, wait for it. If we're watching the video, then we're already waiting for it, right? I kind of hate wait for it. And the reason why I hate wait for it is because when someone uses wait for it, I genuinely or generally will and then... Most often, though, I shouldn't have. I waited for it, and it was lackluster or weak. I think that if you write wait for it, you have a duty to use that only when there's something that's really worth waiting for. Okay? I tend to, uh, whenever there's a cute video uh, of a raccoon or a dog or a puppy or a baby goat or something like that, and it says, wait for it and it's like a three-minute video, I won't sit through the three. I'm just going to bump ahead to like 250 and then kind of narrow it down. So I actually like wait for it, but I think that when people abuse wait for it, that can be a problem. So of this list, hack stays, cringeworthy stays, side hustle stays, wait for it, might stay with an asterisk. You can get rid of impact at the end of the day, Riz, Slay, Iconic, and Obsessed. That's ridiculous that it's just one school that does it. Can you imagine if another school decided to do it? Say, yeah, these are the words that are banned, like year one, this year. These people would have a fucking heart attack. They probably have some type of like trademark on it or something like that. There's your banished words. We have an update on the plane that fell apart over uh, over uh, Oregon. First of all, some guy found the phone. Remember, there was this, uh, how part of it was uh, of when the when the door fell off or when the door plug fell out of off of the plane. Um, the the seat back got ripped off. Some kid's shirt was ripped off his body and sucked out. Can you imagine the shock there? If you're, if you're mom sitting next to the kid 
and his and his shirt gets fucking ripped off. Uh, a couple of socks flew out. Again, um, what fucking asshole took his socks off in the plane and two phones flew out? Well, there was a dude walking around in, uh, in Portland who found the phone on the side of the road and it was still on. Uh, it had like 70% battery. It was not damaged. And the screen was open still. I guess he didn't have that dim on or whatever. But he clicked on it, and it uh, it had the uh, baggage claim information on the phone to the flight. And so he goes, God damn it, this fell from that fucking plane that fell apart. Uh, that was unbelievable video. And how the fuck that happened is a mystery. But they're trying to find that out right now. So Boeing pulls back all the planes. Um. In a, in a plane that um, this plug is on, it also can have a door there if there's no plug. So uh, the way they make it, they just have it ready to go in case they ever need to, I guess, add a door or whatever the fuck. And then they, they put this plug on and they bolt it on. Well, in the inspections of all of the other planes, because there's like 200 of them that are out in the wild, they bring them all back and then they start to inspect they determined that this spot on the plane, when they made the plane, they're discovering now that the ones that didn't have any issues, there's loose fucking bolts. Like whoever put the plane together, it's one guy's job to actually tighten the bolts. Now, when it comes to making planes, there are no morons that are making planes. They're all very skilled, some with uh, advanced education. It's not like in the goddamn car industry where you, you just put any loser on the line to tighten the fucking bolt. These are all uh, really, really advanced people in terms of education. So now they're finding that they're, the bolts are loose on numerous of these planes. And like, well, who the fuck? All right. When we built, whose job is it to tighten the bolts? My God. Uh, a Portland school teacher named da- uh, Bob found the door plug in his backyard. Uh, Bob took a picture of the door plug in his backyard. Thank you, Bob. Only identified as a physics teacher in Portland. Two cell phones found. Here's the guy who found one of the cell phones. He's like, holy shit. That's that's the dude who actually found it. The 171 passengers and nine crew members experienced a terrifying accident when the Max 9, Boeing 737 Max 9, shortly after takeoff, the door or the plug blew off. Since uh, preliminary inspections, we found instances that appear to relate to installation issues in the plug. Bolts that needed additional tightening. Initial reports from our technicians indicate that loose hardware was visible on some of the aircraft. I guess the question needs to be asked, how? How can that happen? Take us through what happens when it comes to building this plane. 
Jesus Christ, work on the quality control. You mean to tell me that it's up to just some guy to tighten and then there isn't anybody checking? You know, typically when in that line of work with something as serious as a car or a plane or whatever, a boat, it's not just one guy that would tighten the thing. There's got to be a, a, a QC person who checks your work, right? And it should be fairly simple to check to see if a bolt is tight. They're so lucky that this wasn't a catastrophe where somebody died. Shares of Boeing fell 8%. And Spirit Aerosystems, which installs the door plugs on Max Jets, dropped 11% on Monday. Oh, that'll, that'll improve the quality control. That's for damn sure. Uh, before I wrap this up, I have this to share with you. Do you remember the guy who um, attacked the judge in court? This is him showing up in response to that. He's in shackles, wearing a fucking, that, that's like a spit mask to keep him from spitting on somebody. They brought this fucking asshole into court and uh, he had to face the music with the same judge. just smiled at someone. Okay, he's surrounded by so many armed people. Mr. Almasi's here now. Morning, Judge. Good morning. All right, this is on for the con- okay. continuation of Mr. Redden's sentencing. When we were last here, arguments were concluded and the court had begun to pronounce sentence when an incident occurred. An incident initiated by Mr. Red preventing the court from completing. She's saying, "Yeah, we couldn't even sentence you because of the last incident," and and she's being completely uh, by the book and professional. That is the sole purpose for today's hearing. Any other issues that may arise from the events that occurred last Wednesday will be handled at a future date by a different court. For purposes of the record. I want to make it clear that I am not changing or modifying the sentence I was in the process of imposing last week before I was interrupted by defendant's actions. I am making my calendar page from that day an exhibit for the court. Uh, it's the, as it existed the moment I walked in from prior to anything happening, nothing's been changed, uh, indicating the sentence I intended to impose. She's got to prove that she didn't make it a harsher sentence because he attacked her. All right, that being said, in accordance with the laws of state of Nevada, this court does now sentence you in addition to the $25 administrative assessment fee, $150 DNA fee, the three. Okay, $25 fine, $150 fine. $50 DNA administrative assessment fee and $250 indigent defense fee, 19 to 48 months in the Nevada Department of Corrections. How much credit for time served does he have? It's zero days. He was on probation when he committed the offense and was revoked. 19 to 48 months, zero days served. On probation to serve the jail time October 25th. That time it expired at about the time of the plea. So zero uh, days credit. Mr. Almazi, if that's different, let us know and we'll fix it. I will. Um, the motion to quash my court is removed at this point. 
Now, for the record, I just reflexively wrote zero days credit to serve on the notes instead of what I just said. So that is He's got like, like, uh, fucking boxing gloves on his hands so that he can't do anything with his hands. I think this should be the norm for every person in the legal system. Like, if you get a speeding ticket and you gotta show up, you should have to put this shit on. Because you never know when someone's gonna try crazy shit. That's correct. The probation case number just for the record is C370-775. That's it. Then he leaves. Why'd he even show up? I just wish she would have said, and go fuck yourself. Oh my God, was that awesome. Well, it wasn't awesome when he attacked her, but you know what I mean. Um, Tophus says, Jesus, what the fuck did he do? Yeah, you missed it, man. Uh, this is the, um, this is the, that happened. Okay. Trust that he is going to perform well on probation. I think he's worth this risk. The court wants the 1948 suggested by the, by the VA. I would have no issue with that, but this is suspended rather than okay. that history. In accordance with the laws of state of Nevada, this court. Should have just shot him in the head. Hey, get off her. Get off her. Oh, man. You're good. You're good. Stop. Don't do this. Hey, where's Mary Kate? Is she okay? I don't think I've ever heard this with the unedited audio. Oh, shame, man. Shame's like a hostage. I'm bouncing ahead. Stay down. Get on the ground. All right, she's not coming. Hard. Let's get you into your chambers. Come with me. Woo-wee! Holy shit. Poor judge. I feel bad for her. Uh, Jimmy says, I wish that was Judge Judy. Amanda says, I heard fuck that bitch. I imagine you hear that all the time. (laughs) Chris says, he got some nice air. He really did. That guy flew through the air like Superman style. Badger7419 says he got some hops. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy could could fucking dunk. Incredible. Well, anyway, that's it. A ridiculous way they have to handle that scumbag. 
But being a judge, man, that's tough shit. That is, you know. Uh, talk about if you're ever in front of a judge, just remember everything is yes, your honor, no, your honor. Or yes, judge, no, judge. I, I, frankly, I wouldn't say judge. To me, that's too informal when it comes to a judge. You want to say your honor. Yes, your honor. No, your honor. Stand up. You know, when you're supposed to stand up, sit down when you're supposed to stand, uh, sit down. And for the love of God, don't be a fucking smart ass. You know, that's like the one spot in their, in their, uh, in their own lives that, I mean, they're the most powerful person on the planet inside of that courtroom. Yes, your honor. No, your honor. Yes, your honor. No, your honor. Chris says, got to play the game. Stroke the ego. Absolutely. Just get through it. Be professional. And definitely don't fly across the bench saying, fuck you, bitch, and trying to, and trying to kill her. Cole says they missed their chance to shoot him flying through the air like a clay pigeon. Kyle says nobody yelled, pull! So they were not ready. That is true. All right. Folks, thank you to Joe Martinez from A&E Heating and Cooling. Yes, pain in the ass. Uh, And yes, also the most important person when it comes to HVAC in West Michigan. 616-516-8579, an absolute legend. Congrats to his Michigan team. Uh, Joe's part of the team, you know. For today, it's known as Go Blue Heating and Cooling. 616-516-8579. Call Joe Martinez about the free furnace tune-up. Impact Power Sports in Rockford, Michigan. Thank you so much. Online at impactpowersportsmi.com. Michigan's, uh, or I should say, damn it, I'm fucking this up. Michigan's newest Yamaha dealer of golf carts. Yamaha golf cart dealers, I'm trying to say. I'm really struggling. Impact Power Sports in Rockford. Not only golf carts, they have everything you could imagine under the sun when it comes to fun toys. Not the type of toys that um, uh, Amanda used to sell. I'm talking about like uh, side-by-sides, motorcycles, you name it, electric bikes. They have it all at Impact Power Sports. Check out their selection at impactpowersportsmi.com. Your asshole of the day today. Who's it going to be, man? We talked about uh, the big game last night. Uh, Yesterday's asshole of the day was Ottawa County. Again. Brought to you by TC Paintball. But today's asshole of the day, I'm not even sure. What can we go with? Oh, I know who it is. I am sure. Humorless bitch, Taylor Swift. I finally have a real reason to not like her. Okay? I'm not going to uh, dislike someone because of their fame, because of uh, what they've achieved, or how popular they are. I'm not going to hate him for that. But that look she gave that fucking stupid comic was ridiculous, Joe Coy. Taylor Swift is your asshole of the day on this, the 9th of January edition of the Eric Zane Show podcast. That is my time. I'll talk to you on Patreon. 
Thank you, folks. Have a great one, and bye-bye.